What's up everyone? This is Pastor Sam. This is Danny. And together we're exploring the letter of Colossians. And we are the One Two Punch. One Two Punch. We're coming at you. Podcast. Well we are we are back. We are wrapping up. This is the final podcast this for the final one. The series that we've been entitled, you know, Focus on Truth. Focus on Truth. Living out truth. Amen. I uh, know from the sermon series called that we we called locked in, locked in in the truth, and and we really by this point have explored all of yeah up until this point every verse of this letter mm-hmm. have been cop have been covered in in one of four ways either through the podcast which you're listening to here great. Mm-hmm. Through our sermon on Sunday mornings, you can yeah. get those on our website, dccwire.org, online study, and the sermons are there for you that goes along with the series. And then also in our Bible studies, yes. in our Bible studies in our small groups, mm-hmm. or if you chose to do them individually through our website, all three of those areas help um, with this whole letter we've been in and then um on a worship on a sunday morning with the the worship, with the worship song yeah worship song whenever you hear the song restoring all things hopefully it brings your mind back to the the teachings the that teaching. god has kind of anchored to you in this in this letter of colossians but we are in the last section the last pericope mm-hmm. verses uh chapter four verses seven, seven through two. eighteen yeah and if there is one i mean uh, common thread through it all for me is the importance, the power of community. Yeah. How how it refers to the collective strength and influences that supports uh, an individual and a goal, right? Yeah. Uh, so communities can f- can be formed around a variety of things. Uh, you know, it could be location, could be culture, could be interests, could be goal. Here, Paul is bringing all these people together to the advancement of the gospel. And he cites a ton of names of individuals here. Yeah. So, uh, it just talks about the, the, the powerfulness of the community and the ability to leverage the strengths of individuals, the skills of its members, uh, bringing people together, pull out the resources and the expertise and the activities and the... Uh, of all of these individuals and these people, uh, I think about innovation and creativity and the productivity of all people coming together, the ownership and the responsibilities all being shared for one outcome, all those efforts for one outcome in the book of Colossians to teach the the church in Colossae about the kingdom, about Jesus about the importance of walking in unity towards Christ. Yeah, and, and I really like what you said there, and I really want to just keep to add to that. This section is about how we can invest in God's kingdom, Ooh, right? Yes, yes. It's yes, how we yes. can invest in God's kingdom. And and real quickly, I'm just going to give, uh, you know, eight quick things about each of the verse and what we're going to kind of just highlight. So, like, I think the first section, verses 7 through 9, it's about how we should enlist others to serve Christ, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Enlisting others to be ministers of Christ and mm-hmm. en- enlisting others to be messengers of Christ. It's okay. two difference. Mm-hmm. And then uh, verses, uh, you know, 10 through 14, it talks about how we're to express confidence in the gospel's work in others. We must support one another. Not only that, we must strengthen one another. Mm-hmm. And then the last section that finishes up this chapter, how we're to express our confidence in the gospel work in others as well so not only is it confidence but uh 
also how we must be faithful to the ministry of the church and we must also be faithful to fulfilling our calling. So Yeah, so what is the first one? Give me the first one again. Uh, how we're to enlist others to be ministers of Christ. We should enlist others to serve Christ. And, and that's what Paul is sending Tychicus or yeah. whatever he Tychus. Tychicus? Tychus? I don't know. I don't know what it is, but that's what he's enlisting him and sending him, right? So these people would know a few things. Verse 8, I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that that might encourage you. And then he talks about Onesimus, which... Which is a, a, a uh, is an interesting character. He was a slave who is mentioned in the New Testament uh, uh, here. Uh, he's have a relationship with Paul. According to the to this letter, Ones, uh, uh, Onesimus had run away from his uh, on Philemon. Uh, he's he ran away from Philemon and then uh, traveled to Rome. Paul became a mentor of Onesimus and helped him become a follower of Jesus. Paul then sent, sent Onesimus back to Philemon with a letter asking him to give Onesimus and to receive him back as a brother in Christ rather than a slave. So then the letter to the Philemon, which is the, this letter, is often seen as a powerful example of Christian ethics and the importance of forgiveness and reconciliation. So this is like there's a lot of things around this guy yeah. that emphasizes the idea that all people, regardless of Social status or circumstances are equal in the eyes of God and need to be treated with respect. So this Sanissimus story is also significant because it highlights the complexity of relationships between slaves and masters in the ancient world. And we as Christians are challenged to transform that tradition, that, that thing into our days today as we relate with those around us. Maybe the idea of employees and em employer and uh, maybe someone who's giving you service um, of some sort that you hire for something in your life. So um, it just becomes uh, important. So Onesimus is not only cited here in Colossians, but Colossians goes hand in hand with the letter to the Philemon, which was his master. Yeah, and I really like how he uses to explain, uh, you know, Tychus, he calls him a faithful minister and fellow servant of the Lord. Mm -hmm. you, know, um, you know, this phrase kind of describes this, his tireless devotion and dedication to the cause of Christ, right? Mm -hmm. Paul would have enlisted him, and, and, and Tychus, he was from Asia, and he accompanied Paul on Paul's third missionary journey in Acts 20, verse 4. And he spent a lot of time with Paul, especially in um, during Paul's Roman imprisonment, where he was so close enough to be able to tell all the good news about Paul, right? This is what he's talking about here. But the one thing I really like about what I, what I want, to, want to get to is like the sign of a good leader is knowing how to motivate and mobilize others. You know, that is the sure sign of, of, a, of a good leader. And Paul does a great job here of motivating and mobilizing these two individuals. He's sending them out, right? You know, I think that's um, it's one of the biggest things that we, we as, as leaders, have to find a job in doing. How do we motivate and how do we mobilize? Um, because... That's what this part is about, is how do we enlist others for the cause, right? Uh, one of the things you talked about in the section was how we cooperate is about how we collaborate. How do we collaborate with others? How do we collaborate well? I think, I mean, as a leader, one of the things you need to understand is your weaknesses, right? Like mm -hmm. there's some areas in your life that there are some things that you just were 
It's just your weaknesses. You're not able to do it. Blind spots. There's blind, blind spots. spots. Every leader has blind spots. Oh, I talk about weaknesses too, for sure. For example, like I'm not a very good organizer. Administratively, you know that. The staff knows that. I'm not very good at that. Uh, I'm more of a maybe a better in communicating things rather than organizing things. So, therefore, you are, right? All this stuff is. It's like, it's, uh, so it is not only. Uh, understanding your weaknesses is also understanding that God has given you some other people to come alongside you to accomplish a task. So a good leader shares good vision with the people and brings them along and says, listen, we accomplish some things together. I don't know. I mean, the uh, a good leader for me is serving. And I think you can see Paul in many ways uh, serving these individuals by bringing them along and, and having them share uh, in the calling, I, I think that's important. That that's for me is is an incentive. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely think so too as well. I think, you know, knowing all limits, and uh, is is a, is a good sign of a healthy leader. I right? read a book recently, the um, emotional healthy leader, whatever it is, and very eye opening. A lot of us think a lot a lot of leaders are that don't think that there's no there's no area for they've. There is always room for improvement, but they want to identify themselves and feel like no one else can. And I think it's 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 a place of humility. Paul Paul he he uses these individuals, these guys as as messengers, right? They these these they, they gave, had multiple letters. Purpose. Yeah, he gave them purpose. They had multiple letters that you know these guys most likely carried the letter to the Colossians. They molested carried to Philemon, or the Laodiceans, the Ephesians. Um, to Titus and then Paul's final letter to Timothy. So like, mm-hmm. they they were his, they were his co-workers in a sense in that regard. Yes. Um, they were authorized to deliver letters from the apostle Paul. So can you imagine when they saw these guys coming into town? I can just see him running like, Paul's written to us. Like yes, yes we have information and and in many ways the letter to Colossians here that Paul. Is is a is a manual for discipleship. I know we don't like to to, to talk about things as the manual, mm-hmm. but that's in essence what it is. It's a manual for discipleship, and its goal was to emphasize the practical implication of living under the lordship of Christ. Mm-hmm. And at the time, the Colossians, we know they were being challenged by by that. Right, the idea of like, hey, you know, Christ is uh is okay, but don't make him lord. I said that a couple of weeks ago in my statement. A lot of us. Are okay with making Jesus Christ our Savior, but have we made Him our Lord? That's right. That's right. Um, so a lot of things like Paul is—he's enlisting these the the helps of this, but then he encourages we just that we should encourage others to to serve Christ. Mm-hmm. And I think that uh, the, the encouragement that comes from Paul uh, comes really on the purpose of things. Uh, it, it is so important for me how these relationships, how relationships are incredibly important when it comes to accomplishing something, a task, a task, whether that task is personal or work project or community initiative. I think it is important that we bring people along with us because that gives us some things that we need, support, accountability, uh, allows us to have more resource and the, there's more collaboration. And then Paul says, and all of that, Paul says, this relationship, they will tell you of everything that has taken place on verse 9. So it really gives like this purpose uh, for these guys uh, that is founded around this relationship that they have with Paul in accomplish a task, which is what you're talking about, and to preach in the gospel in many different ways. Um, so yeah, 
So, um, so then there's a couple other guys he mentions, right? We 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 this we don't don't want to leave those guys out. So Aristarchus, mm-hmm. he was an early companion of Paul, and we and we see him first as one with the apostle apostles in Ephesus during the attack by the mob in Acts nineteen twenty nine. He he accompanies Paul to Jerusalem with the with the collection for the saints in Acts twenty verse four, mm-hmm. and later again we see him with Paul as he sailed under the guard for Rome. In Acts twenty-seven verse two, so it seemed that he he rejoined Paul as a voluntary prisoner in order to minister to the needs of the Colossians here in in this essence. And then talk about John Mark. A lot of a lot of people know about John Mark, yeah, right? Mark is, yeah, Mark is <laughs> was a thorn a, 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 a thorn a thorn on Paul's side for a little while, and then all of a sudden Paul's like a big fan of the guy again, and that talks about the redemption in relationship how we ought to forgive people and uh you know when god has purpose for them even if they hurt us or they cause us trouble we ought to forgive them and and allow them back into your life um we do not know everything there is to know about that part there but we do know that mark um he he took back some things that he probably said and paul was like um, whatever for the kingdom of God, and they became friends. They became friends. Yeah, I, I mean, I think like you know, one of the things like they they supported he supported each other, right? It's it's very it's it's very fitting that this this John Mark and Paul's here we see this reconciliation as you're kind of alluding to because mm-hmm. how many times do we have situations where we disagree with someone? And we let that disagreement fester, yeah. fester to the point where we just we can't even see the person. We can't even see them. We we can't even have a be in the same <coughs> place. But it it goes to show the great lengths that reconciliation has. I mean, it's, it is a mirror image of what the great lengths Christ did for us. But in a smaller scale, like you see Paul Paul entrusting and supporting and strengthening um, John yeah. Mark through to serving Christ. Yeah, and Paul makes a, a very interesting uh, comment here. It says, Mark, the cousin of Barnabas, concerning whom you have received instructions, if he comes to you, welcome him. Maybe these people only heard the beginning of the relationship <laughs> about, you know, that maybe he the fallout. That he chickened two, out. How the chicken out and why Paul. Um, but then Paul makes this instruction. It seems very innocent, but it's very instruction. Paul's like, you know... He's back in. He, he, he he's back in. There is no, uh, you don't have to worry about him. He's part of of this great mission of God, and that God has called um, us to, and and you ought to receive him. So I love that statement. Paul is also make sure that if they heard anything outside of the reconciliation thing, that those things are put back in together. And then you have this, and Jesus, who is called the justice. I mean. I'm sure that after Jesus, uh, many people put their kids' name Jesus <laughs> because it was like you know not only a popular figure in the first century, yeah, but also uh, well, not much is said about him outside of this letter, right? Uh, so it's just just interesting. Oh yeah, and the word justice, uh, justus, there, I mean, has this connotation of righteousness, uh, you know. Um, too. So uh, I don't know. It's just uh, interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's just there is not much to be talked about this guy, for sure. And then uh, 
And then it says, these are the, the only men uh, of the circumcision among my fellow workers for the kingdom of God. That means that they're Jewish people. Those are the Jewish guys. Yeah, the circumcised guys. The circumcised guys. <laughs> and, and they have been a comfort to me. I mean, I love that state. They have been a comfort to me. Paul's ministry was to the Gentiles. He couldn't do that without some uh, Jewish help. Mm-hmm. And these people was of comfort to him. Uh, I mean, the word comfort there is a source of uh, of consolation. Um, so I mean, this is guys who came along uh, alongside Paul to confirm uh, him as someone who, has, who is apostle who has a calling from God. This is someone who. Uh, People that came alongside him to support him through this through these moments, which I think is important. It goes back to the, what I was saying earlier to the importance of relationships, right? Relationship, they support you, they collaborate with you, they keep you accountable, they re, they provide resources for you, and that's what that word comfort for me has to do with it, uh, for okay. sure. And then you have Epaphras. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a friend and coworker of Paul. Most scholars believe he was he's a different person from the. The Epaphroditus, if I can pronounce that right, <laughs> mentioned in Philippians 2, verse 25, and Philippians 4, verse 18. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ephraim worked as an evangelist, and he helped in the establishment of the church in Colossae, the, the, the letter that we're talking about, right? Yeah. He's the one who sent them, who who preached, who first preached to them. Yeah. We saw that in the first chapter uh, of this letter. Uh, Just as you learn it from Epaphras, our beloved servant. So... Uh, Paul's uh, highlighting here how much this guy loved this church and how much he has invested in mm-hmm. this church and how much he agonized over their fate. How mm-hmm. much he wanted them to be fully assured that God wanted them to be saved and secure in Christ, and that is that is why you know um, he has that passion and the heart. Yeah. Uh, Paul says he he was a man who prayed fervently for them. Yes. So so, so he's a looks like he. He was a key figure in Not the church. Not much different than you and I for Delaware Christian Church. We love this place. We, yeah. we struggle often uh, to see God's uh, God's word expanding in this place. To see, we pray for our people. We, you know, we want our people to mature, to grow in Jesus. So there's a, there's a, uh, a lot of burden that comes with that. But there's a lot of reward. There's a lot of blessings that comes from uh, seeing God's people mature. And and to make sure that God's will is done in this place, um, yeah. I, I identify with him in, in, in many ways. Yeah, and then you got Luke, the beloved physician. You know, this is like, you know, Paul mentions Luke not Man, because t- talk about a guy who saw <laughs> firsthand everything. Oh, he's a. I'd love to be Luke. Some people want to be a a, a, a little fly on the wall. You want to be Luke? I want to be Luke. <laughs> Man, he traveled a lot with Paul, heard a lot, saw a lot, faithful. Stuck around. Yeah. How many people stick you for life like this? I mean, he's he's one of the reasons why we have the Book of Acts, right? Yes, yeah. You know, uh, he was writing to Theophilus just to give an account of, he give a historical account, and that's important. That they also always note he's a physician because he pays attention to the details. Mm-hmm. And if you look at his gospel, the the Gospel of Luke, there's a lot of details in there. Yeah, oh, that's yeah. that's very important. Yeah, but he was definitely a detail-oriented guy, for sure. And then, uh, and then, I, I mean, he goes on. I, I, I want to 
What about this lady, Nympha? Nympha? You had a church at her house. Lydia, you mean? No, right there. Nympha? Am I reading? Oh, one second. Like, give, give my greetings to the brothers Eleodiceia and to Nympha at the church in oh, her yes, yes. house. In her house. This is a... House church. A house church, which most likely meant the fact that Paul sends greeting to her to her house. To that suggests that she was a leader and a prominent member of the local Christian church, Christian community. It is possible that Nifa was probably a wealthy woman uh, and then was able to um, hold a church in her home. So this brief mentioning of her here provides us a glimpse of the early church and how the churches were and the role that women played and the growth and the development of churches in the first century, which is something that is at times debated in the church. What is the role of women leadership in the church? And here we see this lady serving, serving holding a house church, yeah, um, building the kingdom, right? Mm -hmm. Building the kingdom. So uh, I think that's um, I think that's important there. Uh, and then he goes on and says, and this letter has been read among you. Has it also read in the church? Have it also read in the church of Laodicea? And see that you also read the letter from Laodicea. Um, so Paul wrote three letters here. Uh, uh, scholars say that was the Hierapolis church, and then Laodicea church, and then the Colossi church. They were supposed to exchange churches' letters between themselves and read it. What Paul had written. We don't have the Laodicea letter or the um, Hierapolis church uh, letter, but we do have the Colossian letter for that we are thankful. But those letters were supposed to be exchanged between churches and they were supposed to learn uh, from each other for what was going on in other churches, which I think is, is great. Um, Paul was addressing all the churches in the region, not only one or two, two because God was doing some amazing things in the church in the first century. The church was growing and expanding, and they needed to uh, be learning from each other. And, uh, on this idea, I think Paul, what Paul was asking them to do is to, is to read these two letters together uh, and uh, understand the, the discussion between the, what was going on the two, between the two letters. And mm -hmm. historians argue, however, that the letter composition uh, was focused on one specific church for a specific aspect of it. Uh, but regardless of the issues that Paul is trying to address specifically, they could learn from each other. Hierapolis, mm -hmm. that's the other church right now. Hierapolis. Hierapolis. So, so yeah, I don't know. Um, and then I say, and then he ends with that, I, Paul, write this greeting with my own hand, remember my chains, grace be with you. Yeah, it's just, you know, he dedicated to, dic dictated to Demas' proof of authenticity. Yeah. And mm -hmm. as a way of sending his own personal greeting, you know, he urges them to remember his imprisonment and not only that, but what it stands for and why he's there. The glory of God mm. and the gospel of Christ. Yes. yes. And then he finishes with a blessing of that God's grace or favor may be upon them. You know, I go back to what you said in the beginning, you know, as members of the body of Christ, we are called to cooperate and collaborate as we serve Christ and partner with others 
to fulfill the mission, which is to build a kingdom. Mm-hmm. You know, and I think this section of this letter that Colossians, as he's closing out here with Paul, you see Paul is, he's mobilizing, he's motivating, he's sending, he's encouraging, and he's he's helping to help those churches that were in their seed growth, right? We talk about this concept uh, a couple, couple podcasts back where, there wasn't a church before. They were it. They were it, yeah, yeah. So, like, they needed that encouragement. You know, we today, we have to look and see. We can see the history of the church, mm-hmm. and we can hold on to it. Like, if the church in the early if the early church stood for what they stood for, and we know that they stood because guess what? You and I are here today. So, yes. We're preaching the gospel. We're teaching God's word. Yeah. We're doing the exact same thing that they're doing. We're just in a different time, different yes. era. Yes. And we have to hold on to these same truths that Paul is talking about Paul was addressing local concerns, local issues to deal with a timeless problem that we mm-hmm. face. Um, so that's what this whole letter has been about for us, this whole letter of Colossians. As we kind of wrap up this whole overarching podcast and all of our things, you know, one of the things our hope and our prayer has been that you have been able to discover the, the foundational truths that this letter presents. Amen. That you're able that throughout the series, whether it's the sermon or worship or Bible study or podcast, you have been able to see what has been out of focus, yes. which is the truth. Yes. And you're able to focus on those so you can focus on them so that you can live them out. Not only focus on them and stay there, but focus on it so, so that you can implement it into your life, mm-hmm. implement it to your walk, mm-hmm. and live it out in your life and see the beauty of God being revealed through you towards others and towards your family. Anything else you want to add on this series? No, I think I think you cover it all there. I was going to say, as you are talking about focus on the truth, I was thinking like the main, the most important truth that we need to focus it, which is the the sermon you preached on, the verses you preached on, and I'll read it, and then you can close it up. He says, Paul says, the truth, the most important thing you need to remember, you and I, through this letter, is this: that Jesus is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions, or rules, or authorities. All things were created through Him and for Him. And He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. And He is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning of the first from the dead, that in everything He might be preeminent. For in Him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth, or in heaven, making peace, making peace by the blood of his cross. Amen. Amen. As we say, as we wrap up the second podcast, that's not second, that's our third. The last one. The last oh, one. The, oh, no. mean, oh, oh okay. overall, overall. Third overall. one, because we did third, Mark, yeah. Ephesians, yeah. and then... Colossians, you're right, the yeah. third one. Yeah. yeah. Oh, third. man, look at us. Yeah. Getting up there. Getting there. We're excited. One more coming in the fall, yeah, right? Yeah. Stay we tuned. Do, be, I, I think we can say it already. Sure, go We're going to focus on the book of James in the fall. Uh, yeah. We are praying, already studying, reading it, uh, praying uh, for what God has for us there. And uh, so, yeah, I'm pretty sure that's where we're doing that. Yeah. Well, we said it now, so we got to do it now. Put that's it out true. there. That's true. But as we say, as we always sign Can off. Can you edit that part? <laughs> no, <laughs> no. Go ahead. Uh, as we say before we sign off, as always. Be blessed. Have a great one, everyone. Hope you enjoyed this letter. Thank you for listening and joining us each and every week. <laughs>